Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. America, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number 877-973-7425. We have to unfortunately talk about the economy. I would prefer not to have to talk about this, but there is some news that we need to deal with on the economic front. Let me play you this real quick from Fox Business. All right, unemployment rate goes up in a big way, not 3.5%, but 3.8%, Cheryl, in the month of August. Unemployment rate goes up in a big way, she says. It's still under 4%. That's still very good, but there are starting to be warning signs on the horizon, a key Fed inflation gauge accelerated to 3.3% in July. High prices are persistent. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Index showed that consumer prices rose two-tenths of a percent from the previous month. On an annual basis, prices climbed 3.3%, up from 3% the previous month, underscoring the challenges of taming high inflation. The figures were both in line with estimates from economists. The Fed wants it to be 2%. Likewise, gas prices are a problem. Here's this from CNN. If you are hitting the road this holiday weekend, expect to pay a bit more at the pump. Gas prices are hovering around Historic highs for this time of year at 3.83 a gallon. That's according to AAA's latest figures. And a CNN review of federal data shows that for the week leading up to Labor Day, the record high was set in 2012 at 3.84 a gallon. If so the record was 3.84 a gallon set in 2012. We're at 3.83 a gallon. Um, oof. Costs are going up for you to be able to drive anywhere. Hiring slowed this summer. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Employment rose in August. Signs the labor market is cooling. U.S. employers added 187,000 jobs last month, while payrolls in June and July were revised down a combined 110,000. The Labor Department said Friday, over those three months, a modest 150,000 jobs were added monthly on average, down from 238,000 gain in March through May. The report keeps the Federal Reserve on track to hold rates steady at its meeting this month, but won't resolve a debate over whether to raise rates again in November or December. Other data show the broader economy remains strong, with consumer spending surging this summer 
and inflation easing. Well, that was clearly written before the latest inflation data came out. Now, on top of that, we got other problems. One of the biggest is related to small and mid-sized businesses. There's been a spike in thefts. Deborah Konensberger, this is from the Washington Examiner, runs two small businesses in New York's Flatiron District and has for more than three decades. The former model moved to the now trendy area in the 1980s at the height of the crack and heroin epidemic and says conditions for small business owners are scarier now than they were back then. In the past few years, Konensberger's stores have been held up at gunpoint and robbed more times than she can count. She's had employees fearing for the personal safety quit on the spot and has watched helplessly as emboldened shoplifters, fearing no legal repercussions, make eye contact with her, take items from her boutique, and waltz out without a care in the world. Sometimes these brazen lawbreakers come back for more. I might as well leave my door open and say, help yourself, she said. By the way, Ms. Konensberger is not white. She is one of the millions of female, black, small business owners in America. And her business is struggling because she keeps being targeted by thieves, some from organized groups, some just out for themselves, and the police are doing nothing. And by the way, you should understand, it's not that the police don't want to help. It's that the lawmakers won't let the police help. The police have become the bad guys to too many lawmakers on the left and too many left-wing progressive activists who think that it's better to have the thieves steal than have the police police. I mean, look at the story we started the show with on Kia and Hyundai. Uh, The New York Times columnist, the, the progressive writer, says that they're to blame for car thefts. Not the thieves, not the law breaking, but Kia and Hyundai for making it easy to steal their cars. They're to blame. We have a business-unfriendly environment in the United States right now. Some places, not every place. You know what? Red states are doing very well economically. People crack down on crime in red states. I played you the audio from, um, from Ron DeSantis. So we are going to have uh, the the, the full landfall impacts very, very shortly within the next couple hours, most likely, probably by 0800. Uh, It's going to make landfall uh, on Florida's Big Bend. So uh, please hunker down wherever you are. Uh, Don't mess with this storm. Don't don't do anything uh, that's going to put yourself in jeopardy. I'm playing the wrong audio, aren't I? Yes, that's the one from the day before. Where's the? Yes, this one. All trying to loot. Uh, down in Steenhatchee. And I've told all of our personnel at the state level, you know, you you protect people's property and and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost category four hurricane hitting this community. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, This part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the Second Amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. 
That was Ron DeSantis. Yes, uh, Law and Order, Brian Kemp in Georgia, Ron DeSantis in Florida, uh, the governors in southern states in the upper Midwest, Republican governors and cities taking very seriously crime, helping small businesses that are uh, being messed with by looters. But in, in the big blue states, California, New York, Illinois, and the like, they're not willing to do that. So this is the environment of Bidenomics. You have inflation that's still high, interest rates still high, mortgage rates over 7% now. It's killing the home building and home buying industries. Uh, banks and, and companies that specialize in giving mortgages having a harder and harder time. They're seeing a slowdown in people being able to buy homes. You got the crime issue. You got now a labor shortage, but also a hiring slowdown, unemployment on the rise in the country. This is Bidenomics, and it was a strategic mistake for the Biden administration to embrace the term Bidenomics so flippantly. Remember how this came about. This is so hyper online. I, I really, I need to explain this one to you, and it's going to hurt your brain to hear it. Remember the, um, it was the NASCAR race, and people were saying not nice things about Joe Biden. Blankety-blank Joe Biden. And the reporter was interviewing a NASCAR driver named Brandon something or other. And she said, you could clearly hear what people were saying in the background. And she, and she said, it, it sounds like they're saying, let's go, Brandon. People on the right embraced, let's go, Brandon, LGB. Um, LGBTQ, let's go, Brandon, to quit. Um, that, that's what some people were doing. Um, let's go, Brandon, became the the socially acceptable way to say the other. So Chinese propagandists, and it is actually very important you understand this, it was Chinese propagandists in 2022 took the Brandon theme and they presented graphics of Joe Biden with glowing red eyes on Twitter and they called him Dark Brandon. And Dark Brandon was coming for you and Dark Brandon was ruthless. Well, Democrats inside the administration. Brandon Brown, thank you, Doug Turnbull. Um, Brandon Brown. Uh, oh, it's so it's not now. Oh, and they're not in NASCAR. Either. Oh, that's good to know. My buddy Doug Turnbull from my flagship, WSB, told me it was Kelly Stavis, the reporter, and Brandon Brown, neither of which are in NASCAR anymore. Good to know. So the Chinese propagandists took the Brandon meme and did dark Brandon, and White House enthusiasts embraced it. So it was actually a Chinese propagandist that started this dark Brandon meme, and now Democrats have embraced the Joe Biden with red glowing eyes, and this is dark Brandon, and dark Brandon is some ruthless super politician who's capable of all things. So when the right started calling the economic downturn and the high inflation and stuff Bidenomics, what did the people in the White House who were thoroughly online who embraced dark Brandon from the Chinese propagandists do? They embraced Bidenomics. And they wrap themselves in it and say, you're darn right, we love Bidenomics. We love Bidenomics. Look at what Bidenomics is doing. Bidenomics has record low unemployment. Bidenomics has inflation coming down. Bidenomics has people getting back to work. Joe Biden says all the time, I've created more jobs than all other presidents combined, which isn't true. They loved it. They embraced the term for it. And now what do we have? Inflation going back up. Mortgage rates at a, at a near record high. Gas prices at a near record high. Unemployment creeping up. 
business owners shutting down because of theft, because of high prices, because of lack of labor, because of economic turmoil, because of interest rates. Bankruptcies are up. People are less likely to be able to make their car payment this month. People aren't able to get car loans. People aren't able to get mortgages. Homeowners are having trouble. Home builders are having trouble. Mortgage lenders are having trouble. All of these things are combining and progressing. And Joe Biden's team made a fatal, fatal mistake embracing Bidenomics as a term. Because now as the economy goes south, which looks like we're probably headed, we're headed to an economic slowdown. It may be a job lossless recession. That's what the, the big hedge fund managers are saying, that you may not lose your job, but there's going to be an economic slowdown. There's going to be a recession. This is Bidenomics. You, you live by the label when it's good. you got to live by the label when it's bad. Now, the media will try to help them weasel out of it. The media will try to help them get around it. But the fact of the matter is, this is Bidenomics. And they're going to have to own the label. And businesses, particularly small businesses, are suffering. This is one of the things the Democrats don't have an answer for. Small businesses that are suffering. They don't have an answer for small businesses that are suffering. From crime, from inflation, from high interest rates, from lack of labor, they don't have an answer for that. This is something the Republicans could focus on, pocketbook issues for for the middle class, pocketbook issues for small businesses. The GOP could do this. We know where the GOP stands on the culture war issues. We know where Republicans stand on the culture war. We get it. What's your plan on this? What are you going to do to support law enforcement when it's a state issue, not a federal issue? How are you going to get around that legally? What are you going to do? These are things the GOP needs to be thinking about as we head into 2024 and stop relitigating the past. Joe Biden can have the Bidenomics label wrapped around him as the economy goes south, which it looks like it's doing. But Republicans have got to have some answers to some big economic questions, and thus far, we're hearing very little about it. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want to be on the show? Come on, be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Um, I, y'all, <laughs> sorry, the, the president has mispronounced Pete Buttigieg's name. It sounded like he said booty juice or something like that. <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but oh my goodness gracious, that man, I just, the these these old politicians, Mitch McConnell, God bless him. Look, I, he doesn't necessarily need to be out of the Senate if for the crass political reason that his replacement would be appointed by a Democratic governor, um, but does he need to be in leadership? I'm told behind the scenes he's having, this is the second or third glitch he's had. Um, that with older people who have a bad concussion like he did, this is normal, but he's otherwise fine. It doesn't look that way to me. Diane Feinstein is, um, it, it's sad. It, it, this is just sad. Nikki Haley has generated some controversy by calling it the most privileged nursing home in America. She's not wrong. The, 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 the U.S. Senate is, it's got a lot of 
really old people in it right now. God bless them for wanting to serve the country, but maybe it's time to let younger people do that. As an aside, and I think again, uh, Doug Turnbull uh, for for telling me this. So it, Brandon Brown was the NASCAR racer with the Let's Go Brandon moment, and it was um, the reporter Kelly Stavis. She has not been back on television since that moment. She's not appeared at any NBC Sports broadcast since uh, the Let's Go Brandon moment, and Brandon Brown did not want to be a uh, political guy, but the somebody turned the Let's Go Brandon stuff into a cryptocurrency, LGB coin or something like that. And having trouble getting sponsorships, he decided to go with it. Well, you know how cryptocurrency goes. It bottomed out, and he can't find sponsors. It's just a kind of a, man, that moment, what an interesting moment in time. And neither of them there now. Um, gosh, all right. We got other stuff to talk about when we come back. Um, we got a lot more to talk about, including China. We, we need to spend some time on China. And, and the mass grave, do y'all remember the mass grave story in Canada that, that apparently the Catholics had mass murdered uh, Native uh, American Canadians, whatever you want to call them, indigenous peoples, and a bunch of Catholic churches were burned down in Canada as a result, resort, result of this report from the Trudeau administration. Remember this like two years ago, mass graves found of indigenous Canadians uh, purportedly murdered by Catholics. Catholic churches around Canada were burned down. Justin Trudeau said, well, it's kind of a tit for tat there. What are you going to do about it? Turns out it was all a scam. There's no mass grave. A Catholic church has been set on fire today, as a matter of fact. Um, but it was all a scam. It was never real. The Trudeau administration is not apologizing. Um, but that whole mass grave story in Canada that led to the arson of more than a dozen Catholic churches in retribution for the mass murders, turns out it was all a scam. Not real. You know what is real? What is good? Patriot Mobile. They can save you money, and they generate profits that go to the conservative movement, and that's why you should do business with them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. You move your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile. As their profits grow, they're giving to the conservative movement grows, the causes you care about. They're explicitly set up as a Christian conservative company. There are other companies out there that claim to do the same thing, but they're subsidiaries of larger companies. Patriot Mobile is unique in that it was set up and operated by design to be a Christian conservative company that funds the conservative movement. So you take your business to them, you get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you're probably already using, and then they grow the conservative movement. In fact, they've been doing so well that they're getting all sorts of attacks from the left-wing media for doing it. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you get free activation. You get great discounts. You're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher. You can get good discounts. If you've got a lot of kids of the age and they need cell phones, you can get discounts too for that for lots of lines. You can also just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. They've got a detailed coverage map. You can zoom into your house, see how good G, the 5G, the data, the voice is. You can take your existing phone number to Patriot Mobile so you don't have to get a new phone number. But if you want a new phone number, they can give you one. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them at 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. got the courage to tell you the truth because the truth is what matters. You're listening to the Eric Erickson show. 
Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. I hope you're ready for a great three-day weekend wherever you are. And those of you in the storm-battered parts of Florida and South Georgia, Georgia, I hope you're clearing out and things are all right for you. I want to talk about China. China. We need to talk about China. There's a great piece uh, by Jonah Goldberg about China's problems. Now, I, I realize that these days uh, you, you turn some people off when you quote somebody who isn't sufficiently loyal and the right to your particular political leaders, but I find Jonah, he, one, he's a great guy, deeply insightful, uh, and he makes some great points on China you should hear. Uh, let, let me just read you a portion of this. Um, I, I, I don't you this is him writing. I don't use democracy as poetic shorthand for all the good stuff of liberal democratic capitalism, the rule of law, et cetera. I mean democracy as in fair elections, majority rule, all that stuff. Let me define another term, republicanism, spelled with a small r, except when it inconveniently begins a sentence, as it did there for him. It's about counterbalancing the passions of the people with the long-term interests and ideals of the country as a whole. This sort of small r republicanism refers both to individual leaders who understand their large responsibilities beyond simply taking orders from voters and to the rules and institutions that prioritize things other than mere popular will. The Supreme Court, for example, is very Republican, but not very Democratic. One of the things a lot of cheerleaders for Republicanism often forget is that Republicanism needs democracy. The people who think saying America is not a democracy, it's a republic, is some sort of mic drop argument settler often forget this. Republican governments need democracy or it becomes corrupted. There's an old line of thinking that says the best form of government is a good czar, but the worst form of government is a bad czar. The problem is always that once you set up a government designed for good czars to rule with the free hand, there's no reliable mechanism for preventing bad czars from taking over in part because even the best czars usually want their kid to be the next czar. Voltaire disagreed. He supposedly said that the best government is a benevolent tyranny tempered by an occasional assassination. Even if you think benevolent tyranny is that's actually a good line, isn't it? Wow, that does sound like something Voltaire would write. Even if you think benevolent tyranny isn't an oxymoron, there's a really hard system to put into practice over the long haul. Most tyrants probably think they're benevolent, but all tyrants don't like to be assassinated, so they take steps to prevent being murdered. Democracy can produce tyrants. That's the classical brief against democracy and one the founders took seriously. It's why they put all sorts of Republican backstops in the Constitution. But again, without democracy, those Republican safeguards become tyrannical. In other words, democracy is a hedge against bad stuff more than it's a guarantor of good stuff. I know this sticks in a lot of craws. But voters can and often do get stuff wrong all the time. Simply because a bad idea can capture the support of 50.1% of the people doesn't suddenly make it a good idea. The primary benefit of elections is that when the majority comes to realize they screwed up, they can do something to rectify the mistake by electing politicians with an incentive to point out the mistake. Most of the problems facing American cities can, to one degree or another, be attributed to one-party rule. Lots of conservatives like to claim all these problems stem from Democratic Party rule, and there's some truth to that. But the larger truth is that one-party rule always becomes a problem eventually. By the way, that's absolutely true. Now, this gets to China. What often gets left out of the story is the Chinese Communist Party 
had to let technocrats do their jobs in a straightforward way for China to succeed. And China has been a success economically for a while. The problem is when free markets expand, freedom expands. You can't have free markets without having free people. And the Chinese were developing and fostering a class of entrepreneurs. Well, those entrepreneurs need freedom to operate. And prior Chinese leaders were giving them so much freedom to operate, uh, China was becoming more and more destabilized in one-party rule. Inside that one party were becoming multifaceted opinions on how to move the country. And Xi Jinping is not in favor of free markets or free people. He's a Leninist. He believes that the party, not the state itself, not China itself, and certainly not the people, but the Communist Party should guide everything. And absent the party's iron-willed control of the country, China will spiral, spiral out of control. There were too many free marketeers growing in China. She looked at the fall of the Soviet Union not as a good thing, but as a cautionary tale that too much freedom leads to the dissolution of the state. And he's trying to rein it all in. China is in decline as a result. China, so many Americans have fixated on China as an authoritarian government that gets it, that can make the trains run on time, that can build great buildings and great projects on time and on budget, but China communists, they're liars. They don't even report youth unemployment anymore because it's so bad they've covered it up and Chinese economists are not allowed to talk about the bad things happening in the Chinese economy. The Chinese government and its data points are not reliable. You have these technocratic people in the United States who love the idea of China on the rise and China being powerful and we should be more like China. I saw some conservatives the other day. They were circulating a cartoon and it showed, uh, it said authoritarianism. And it was a street market with a bunch of different vegetable selections. And a woman was walking past, and the background was a communist, Chinese communist flag flying. And then it said liberal. And it was someone in a Walgreens, and everything was locked behind the key, as if in China the, you, you were more free to buy stuff. In China, do you know during COVID they welded people into their homes? They welded people into their homes, welded the door shut so they couldn't get out. That's what happens in China. Yes, in progressive failures in America, like San Francisco, the toothpaste is behind lock and key. In China, the people are behind lock and key, and you're a moron for not realizing the difference between the two. You can say progressive governance in America, one-party rule in these democratic cities is bad, and you're right. But to compare that to China is a horrible, terrible thing. It's embracing Chinese propaganda. Let me read you the end of this piece by Jonah Goldberg before I continue. China's economy is faltering because of the accumulated problems. For all the wonders created by China's experiment with markets, there was still a heck of a lot of state-directed spending and the corruption that comes with it. I don't even mean the bribery and theft, though there was an incredible amount of that. 
I mean that when the state directs resources, purely or even primarily for political reasons, the costs inevitably exceed the ability of honest governance to cover. This is true in America because it's true everywhere. This is why Social Security is such a mess and why we still have ethanol subsidies, despite the fact ethanol is bad for cars, consumers, the environment, and the climate. She is making all these problems worse because he believes that the market was a tiger. The party could no longer afford to ride without being devoured by it. As I've written, she agrees with those perfidious neoliberals who believe that economic freedom leads to political freedom. He just thinks it's an argument for snuffing out economic freedom. And this should be the takeaway for all those people who spent the last few decades fawning over China's third way, a term I should note that has a fascist pedigree. Lovers of technocracy like Thomas Friedman celebrated Chinese authoritarianism because they fell in love with the myth of the good czar. I'm not saying the good czar doesn't exist. You can make a defensible case that Lee Kuan Yew, Kamal Ataturk, Frederick the Great, or Augusto Pinochet were good czars. These are fun arguments, but at the end of the day, if a benevolent tyrant doesn't work as studiously and successfully to eradicate his own czarist system and replace it with a system that can hold those in power accountable, all they've done is delay the inevitability of a bad czar coming to power. Xi Jinping is a bad czar. China is on the decline. You know, the great Chinese battleships that they're producing now, the Chinese aircraft carriers, they're falling apart. One of the things you learn when you study history, particularly authoritarian, tyrannical regimes like the Soviet Union, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, even China, is that whistleblowers die so no one blows the whistle when there are problems. And in China, whole buildings will fall over because someone recognized there was a problem or maybe no one did and no one said anything and the building is built and it's structurally unsound and it falls over. The aircraft carrier begins to split in half. But this also makes China on the decline dangerous because there's massive youth unemployment in China. And who are the youth in China? Young men. They aborted all the girls. They have a demographic problem. They have a demographic crisis. China's in rapid population decline all of a sudden. The most populous country on the planet now behind India, now it's the second most populous, rapidly declining because they encouraged a one-child policy. So the parents aborted all the girls to keep the boys. Now there are not enough women in China to produce children, so the men are having to go abroad to find wives, and many of them aren't. And those young, restless men are restless for war which is why the day of an invasion of Taiwan is probably coming, but that'll be a bad thing for China, actually. Too many people in this country, there's a rise of people on the right who are infatuated with China now. There's always been a contingent of people on the left infatuated with China. You should not be infatuated with China. The Chinese are bad, not the people, the government, the Communist Party. And Xi Jinping who's been given a third term, which has never happened before. He's ruining the country economically. You know, there are people who say, oh, China's going to surpass us. There are our elite thought leaders in Washington and New York. You know, you know and I know they've been cashing in. They've been trying to get rich and get out quickly because they think China's on the rise, except China is not on the rise. Its rise is not inevitable because the Chinese government is a Communist Party machine which breeds corruption, theft, bribery, and inefficiency. It's on the decline economically. It's on the rise militarily while it's taking money out of the the economy, and that will cause the military, too, to have problems. And this country 
We got an 80-year-old geriatric dementia patient in charge who can't see what's happening. Now is the time to re-incentivize a robust American entrepreneurial spirit. Now is the time for us to inspire our entrepreneurial class to shine. Now is the time to show the American spirit is more robust. And this administration has chosen to hold it all back. This administration has chosen to instigate an American decline so China can still rise. This administration has made decline their choice. And we're still so robust culturally and economically. What they're having to do is put restraints on. They're having to handcuff us to let China get ahead. They're letting China get ahead. All we need is someone to come along and take the handcuffs off. Let us go. Let us thrive. Let us succeed. Let us run. And China can't beat us. It's the inherent flaw in a dictatorial communist regime. They can't compete against the free market because their system breeds waste, fraud, greed, graft, corruption, bribery, theft, and disincentivizes an entrepreneurial spirit. But this administration in this country, the Biden administration, is so convinced of China's growing lead, institutionally they're incapable of pivoting, which is why we need you younger leadership in this country. Americans for Prosperity is making this case around the country with the bus tour that Bidenomics is bad and it is holding us back. It is restraining American entrepreneurialism. They want you, if an Americans for Prosperity, to join them around the country. There are more, more than 4 million activists joining Americans for Prosperity. You can find out more at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. You can sign up to be a more effective conservative activist. You can sign up to learn how to uh, get out into the heartland, get out to your local government, to your state legislature, and explain to them that free markets and free people, a limited government is the best way to advance this country's economy and its people. Free markets and free people let loose. In America, we'll make America shine and be great again. Learn more at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Become one of the more than 4 million activists out there learning why limited government helps America. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. They will help you become the best conservative activist you can be. He'll do the research and give it to you straight. Eric Erickson is live every weekday. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting Eric to 33777 now. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The, what is it? Phone number 877-973-7425. You know, if you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, those of you new to the program, uh, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can get, well, you can get all the conversations from the gathering. You can get my daily email. You can get the live stream, the podcast. You can get the show notes. You can follow me around social media. Um, There's a lot there if you text Eric. Uh, You you can always stay in touch. Uh, We've also got the new website up um, for the show. Um, There's a lot there. Okay, we we, got to move on. Um, I find this interesting. Shell, the uh, oil and gas company, it has made a very big deal over the past few years about becoming carbon neutral. 
Now, you need to understand what carbon neutrality is in many cases. It's a religious indulgence. You know, back uh, in the, the re- late Renaissance, they were building St. Peter's in Rome. The Pope decided to sell indulgences. You, you could buy this thing that got you out of purgatory. You could buy this thing to get yourself into heaven. I'm simplifying a little bit, but that's basically it from my Presbyterian perspective. Um, That's what carbon offsets are. Carbon offsets are an indulgence. You buy this thing, you clear your conscience from having polluted. And so what Shell was proposing is that it would continue producing oil and gas, but it would buy carbon offsets. It would plant trees. It would do things like that to minimize its carbon footprint. Well, guess what? They've decided it's not financially feasible. They've decided to get rid of it. In an all-day investor meeting in June, the CEO laid out an updated strategy for the European oil market that included cutting costs and doubling down on profit drivers like oil and gas. What he omitted? Any mention of the company's prior commitment to spend $100 million a year to build a pipeline of carbon credits, part of the firm's promise to zero its emissions by 2050. Now, of course, the left will come for them. That's part of the ESG agenda, you know, is taking over the boards of oil and gas companies. They've been doing this to Exxon. You take over the board of the oil and gas companies and suddenly get them to, at a um, C-suite level, stop producing oil and gas. You're doomed to failure in doing that if you if you want to stay viable, but that's what they're trying to do uh, with these companies. And there will always be some company that steps forward into the breach, but when this administration keeps telling people, They're going to shut down the oil and gas industry. Investors don't want to invest in oil and gas. You can tell me all you want about how we're breaking records in production right now, but it could be so much more except this administration refusing to engage in or invest in um, oil and gas and discouraging investment in oil and gas. They're, They're killing our economy, and right now gas prices are at a near record high, one penny off from a record high as you head into your Labor Day weekend. It's just simply absurd. What's not absurd, the amazing deal you can get from Omaha Steaks right now. If you go to omahasteaks.com, you put Eric in the search bar, you can get their Labor Day grilling pack, and you get eight free burgers, eight free gourmet jumbo frank with it. It's an amazing deal. You know, you get 100% satisfaction guarantee from Omaha Steaks as well. If you're not happy with what you get from Omaha Steaks, they'll make you happy. And I say this from personal experience. I one time got a delivery. We had moved houses. And they delivered to the old address. And the only reason I knew it, I had to go over and get some out of the house, and I smelled the box before I got there. It had been sitting there for several days, and it was gross. And I didn't know who sent it. And I called Omaha Steaks and said, I got this package. I I, I don't know who even sent it. I gave them the order number that was on the receipt. They said, we're going to send you a new box to your new address. I didn't have to pay a penny. And they told me who delivered it, so I was able to send a thank you note, uh, which was fantastic. That's the sort of customer service you get from Omaha Steaks, in addition to world-class top steaks. Their butcher cut fillets, their gourmet jumbo franks, their burgers, eight of which you get for free, the burgers and the gourmet jumbo franks. All you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com and put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. You get the 100% satisfaction guarantee and you're doing business with a company that wants your repeat business. You get deliciousness delivered to your door. omahasteaks.com. Put Eric in the search bar. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.